another episode of Black Girl Fly. My name is Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Tashonda Dixon. And we are here to talk about millennial wealth demystified. And today, we are going to tackle the topic of Black Lives Matter. We've seen in the news more recently so very many things that we just literally, we cannot not talk about it. Yeah. So we wanted to, you know, kind of tackle this topic as a safe space and really, you know, we are a wealth podcast, but we truly do believe that, you know, the way that we are treated in society has a large part and large impact on our wealth. Definitely. Black Lives Matter is something that is extremely difficult to talk about. It's difficult for a number of reasons, but one, it's very emotional. It has been the issues that we are speaking about now have been issues that we've carried all of our lives for for people like me, I'd say with my age, but it's also very triggering. It shares some of our most vulnerable spaces that I don't think that we've shared. And and it definitely does, to Tanisha's point, it, it affects us in so many ways, not just financially, but mentally, and our ability to move forward and, and to live life, it's all being exposed now. thought it was critical to really have this discussion with you guys here. Yeah. And an- another thing is that we've been talking about it a lot in our households and, you know, with professional colleagues and friends and things like that. And You know, there's so many differing views within the Black community, outside of the Black community, and there's so many things. Like Tashana said, like, there's so many emotions associated with this. So, I mean, we just kind of wanted to take the opportunity to address it, you know, and kind of speak about our perspective and our lens. And so where do we begin? Where do we start with this conversation? Yeah, that's what I I was thinking about. In this, you could talk about police brutality, how Black people are targeted, are more harshly punished, are are treated with such disregard in a space where we're supposed to be protected. You could talk about the impact of what that means to society, how so many more Black people have, have records, more harsh charges, more of their life taken away. Even just that one aspect alone to me is huge and something that I'm so glad we can no longer ignore. Yeah, I feel like the protests and just everything that's going on, social media, like it's impossible for people to ignore now. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of feel like over the last, I don't know, when is the last time we had a big thing like this? Maybe 20 years. I was going to say, I don't remember. (laughs) Do you remember a time where we were? I mean, I think while I was alive, I don't remember personally from when I was alive, but I do know Rodney King happened. Yeah. I actually think I was alive for that, but I was Yeah, very I think I was young. like five, so you were like... Yeah, I think it was early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. No. So I feel like people kind of thought we solved this problem. And like, you know, it went quiet for a while. So, you know, we kind of... Do you forget- really think that people thought we solved the problem? Yeah, girl, we had a black president. So, so, <laughs> so I disagree. And it's the reason I disagree, I actually recently just saw... I have to look up his name, but I saw... Instagram influencer who posted his experience with a woman who was in the park with her dog and she didn't have it on a leash. And he said, hey, you know, you're supposed to have your dog on a leash in this area. And her immediate response with not even a flinch was, I'm going to call the police and tell them that you're threatening me. And and she went on to say, you know, what do you think is going to happen when a cop hears that this black guy, and she said, a black guy is threatening a white woman. Mm -hmm. I think that 
it was understood. Um, I, I saw another post, uh, and now all of this is prevalent, right? People are sharing their material that they've had forever. But um, I think it was on Oprah. A woman came, and she actually, this was probably in the late 80s, early 90s. And she came, and she did a study where she treated white people differently, if they had blue eyes or if they had brown eyes. And, and they didn't know that they were entering this test. And she went on, and she had treated them poorly. And at the end of it, when they realized, I think they kind of were like, oh yeah, something's going on. We have, we have to look at this. And she said, this is how Black people are treated every day. And mm-hmm. she asked, she said, raise your hand if you want to be treated like a Black person today. An audience full of white people, no one raised their hand. So I, I don't believe that people thought it was taken care of. I think that the majority of people thought this doesn't affect me. So why worry? Mm-hmm. Corporate America thought... We're still productive. Black people are still working for us, even though we pay them yes. less. Maybe solved is not the right word, but I would say maybe they just thought because we were quiet, like we were good. Yeah. You know, we were suffering in silence. Yeah. And now that is it's very clear that, that is not the case. Like yeah. we are not being quiet about it. And we're calling people out and people are having to face it. Yeah. And I think that it, today is a perfect time. We have more interracial relationships where white people are now experiencing the fear for their children or Hispanics are, you know, experiencing. And not only that, now your best friend can be African-American, right? Or your your neighbor or your colleague or your... And so we're now in a different position. Uh, uh, I don't believe that we could have done this 20 years ago. Yeah, I don't... I mean, number one, we didn't have social media. (laughs) (laughs) That, of course, too. I'm like, because that has just like, I feel like magnified our presence. It has. I think, too, before social media, everything was explainable. Like, you could explain it away. Right. It was... For cameras, right? Yeah, it was... He was a criminal, so we treated him Mm -hmm. that way. It was... um, She didn't ask for more money, so we gave her less. Mm -hmm. It was... Always an excuse, but when you can put a camera on it and see the intent, when you can see and hear the words, when you can evenly evaluate the circumstance, it makes it a lot harder. It makes it harder, but the sicker part is even when people see that, they still defend the person in the wrong. And to me, that makes it hurt so much worse. Have you seen Just Mercy? Yeah. So I think it was Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. And they made it available free on Netflix. So if you haven't, um, Amazon Prime. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. But this was actually a true story. And and what it depicted is a guy was charged with a crime. And I'm not going to get into specific details, but it was very clear at a point that he did not commit that crime and the courts refused to overturn the verdict. And, And so what happened, though, in that instance, before he even became free... To your point, it may hurt worse, but I I do believe that we are all human, right? And and so when it hurt you more, I think it gives the person on the other side a conscious check, right? So they may not admit it. Oh, no. They may not admit (laughs) it. Right? Because if you see that movie and, like, in real life, like... You would hope, and you know, I'm a reckless optimist, so I, you know, I try to believe the best in people. It is not a guarantee that that other person is feeling. And so while you're being forced to be human. But so, so I think that's true, but you have to acknowledge that that only can be if they're a psychopath, right? <laughs> like, 
Like I am also a bit optimistic, but looking at any situation, even I'm going to say this again, I don't think that all people will admit when they're wrong in public, but there is a part of self-reflection. There is a part of examining your own actions. There's a part that you will encounter unless you're a psychopath. I mean, I definitely, like, that is my belief. That is my hope. You know, I want to say that is my hope for everyone. But I also believe that each individual in this world has literally created their own world. And now they see the world through whatever perspective they've created for themselves. Yeah. So I see how people can completely ignore, you know, the hurting that is happening and justify it with something else. But in this, even if we can't change the minds of everyone, even if we can't change the laws or, or the police or the the circumstance that create the environment, Mm -hmm. I think we are shining the light. And I think sometimes a light can make a huge difference. Yeah, I think everything starts with a little light. Yeah. One of the things that you and I have been talking about a lot has been, you know, yes, we can shine the light, but then what? Yeah. Right? Like, what's next? The light is shone, shined. (laughs) The light is there. (laughs) But... You know, what responsibility do we have? What responsibility does everyone else have, you know, yeah. in regards to taking action? That's a great question. And I, I want to share a little bit about a conversation that we had. But I think we are all individuals. And you can't expect everyone will take the same action, that everyone will have the same response, or that everyone believes that the same solution will cure the same problem, right? So I believe personally that it is your own duty to figure out how you can contribute, that there are tons and tons of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Something so simple as having a conversation. For those, what's that quote, where you have more, you much should do more. Given, much, much is expected. Ex- ex- yeah, exactly <laughs> I that like, one. What, I was little, like, there's tons of these stories, why can't I think of them? <laughs> much, where much is given, much is expected. It's required. It's required, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think we need to take that principle and do what you can with that and know that if we don't change the world, we can't expect everyone else to. I 100% agree with that. And the point that I want to highlight is you have to figure out how you can contribute. And that is based on the things that you're interested in. Maybe you're an artist or the things that you know, you're specifically talented in, the connections that you have, the resources that you have. Yeah will all determine the kind of impact that you can make on this movement. Yeah, but I think that anyone can talk about an array of issues that really set back the Black community. Um, the 400 years of oppression, right? Right. Of we cannot get Jim caught Crow. Up. We cannot get caught up on police brutality because yeah. there is a long list, a long list. Yeah, yeah. The wealth gap, the... Mm-hmm. The, Redlining. Yes, like, I mean there's there's so much, and and so I would say it is all of our responsibility to do what you can, but you need to make a contribution. That contribution can be as small as having a conversation, like we do here, or volunteering, buying black. There's so much that you can do to contribute. Just choose something. Yeah, and my favorite way to contribute is like. I'm huge on education, and I believe that as a collective people, we have so much knowledge, and 
we do not pass that down. Yeah. Like we don't share it. We want to hold it so close. But I'm a Christian and I'm like, God did not give you that to keep to yourself. Like yeah. it's not for you. It's for the people that you're meant to serve. So yeah, so education. If you have knowledge, insights, like share it with the world. And that's kind of what we're hoping to do with this podcast. Share our learnings, share our thoughts, our insights. You don't have to agree with us, but we're just trying to create a safe space where we can share our truths and hopefully it will touch one, two, three of you. Yeah. Like, but I was going to say it's also good to not agree with us mm-hmm. because that does what we want you to do. Think about it. And challenges us to to think about it as well. Yeah. So we definitely appreciate it. So I hope too. this wasn't a plug to attack us, but <laughs> Yeah. But but definitely don't, don't troll us, please, please, <laughs> please, please. But but yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's so much more we could talk about this issue and I don't want it to feel like we're skating on it. But for me, I I'm just I'm tired of talking about all the things that happen to us because there are so very many things yeah. happening all the time, every day. It's time to talk about solutions and do them. For me, that's my therapy. NAACP, don't talk about it, be about it. Be about it. Yeah, so so that's where I am. Sounds like that's where you are. Just yeah. trying now to figure out how I can personally contribute to a solution that's going to impact and change the world. I'm with you. I'm with you. What do we think about every night, Pinky? How to take over the world. (laughs) That's basically our conversations every day. (laughs) But yeah, so we would love to hear from you guys. Is there anything else you want to share before we sign off? Yes. Uh, Stay positive. Mm -hmm. This is a time where we are being triggered emotionally, mentally, where we have to keep going, where we have to think about the positivity in the situation and share solutions and love and encourage one another um, because we're all being impacted, whether you realize it or not. And the quote that I will leave us with today is, and I'm sorry, I do not have the appropriate credits for this, but they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. That's deep. That's deep. That's real deep. So yeah, so until next time, I'm Tanisha Nicole. I'm Tashonda Dixon. And we are Black Girl Fly. Girl Fly.